I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to this rather exciting episode of the Young Contemptibles podcast. And I say exciting because we've actually got all three presenters on the podcast for the very first time. So not only have we got Jake Brown, but we've also got Pete Neal and of course myself. And with it being the final episode released of the calendar year, we're going to do a bit of a year in review. So we're going to uh, look at the sort of highlights and standout events of the year, uh, talk about our favourite parts of the year and what we managed to get out and do. Uh, obviously, notwithstanding the the COVID lockdowns and so forth. So, Pete is probably the best person to start us off uh, by telling us uh, what his highlights of the year um, were and indeed what his favourite event was as well. Yeah, I think um, highlights this year, I think, was uh, Wallingford at War because that really opened my... Because uh, we've always um, not so much been against railway events. We just avoid them don't we <laughs> um but that was a fantastic event and it, and it didn't have any of the nonsense that railway events sort of attract and i really like that so um we are booked in for next year as well so that's yeah so I, that, that was a really good one um military odyssey really enjoyed military odyssey obviously we had our trench event as well that was really good um and obviously Lord Mayors. So they're, they're the highlights of my year. Um, Favourite event. I'm not going to say the trench event because I'm not going to blow my own trumpet, but it was good, weren't it? But um, um, I'd be military odyssey for me every time. Yeah, it was a it was a fantastic event. I mean, the, the trench event, I'm sure Jake will go into a bit more detail on that shortly, but that was, uh, was a cracking event. We definitely got out of that event exactly what we wanted from a living historian's you know, sort of perspective. 
I think on a personal level, one of the most rewarding events, I think for want of a better expression, would be the um, the charity fundraiser we did um, back in May, if my memory serves me well. Um, we were sort of um, under the rule of six at that moment back then. Um, and we managed to raise uh, just over £1,100 for SAFA, which was you know an incredibly rewarding um, endeavour for us because we only aimed to to sort of raise about £150 and that was just to celebrate Living History UK getting to 10,000 followers but we, we smashed the target and managed to get £1,100 so that was that was you know really richly uh, rewarding in that sense and Lord Mayor as you mentioned what a fantastic event that's always a, an amazing experience swanning through central London arms to the teeth uh, with the adoring crowd sort of uh, egging us on that's you know it was, was fantastic to see um, really, really brilliant event. But I think if I had to narrow it down to, to one event, it's definitely going to be uh, the trench event because that was just so unique. And I know Jake is definitely going to be able to tell us more about the trench event. Mirroring what um, Steve and Pete said, yeah, it was the trench event was absolutely awesome. Probably one of my best um, events I've been to. Um, and obviously the year sort of kicked off for me when I um, got to join the guys at uh, Chilton. It was the first time I met them more in person, and it was yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, just for the small scale it was, but it was obviously it was a training event kind of thing, and um, that was absolutely fantastic. Um, but the trench event itself was just it was a different kind of experience from from the things you don't really think about, from like sleep, sleep deprivation to the uh, constant sort of moving around when you have to do. And yeah, it was it was an experience I never forget. Um, with other events wise. Um, the Lord Mayor show was something unreal. Uh, sort of not marching, but sort of walking through London all kitted up was just bizarre. Um, and then, as Pete said before, um, Wallingford was um, a different kind of um, railway event, unlike most of the ones I've done before, which is sort of, sort of copy and paste kind of thing with most railway events. But no, Wallingford was a nice little change for once. Um, really, really welcoming. And yeah, and um, one of the days weather-wise wasn't great, but the uh, the Sunday was actually really really good weather-wise as well. So we're actually um, quite lucky with that, really. But um, but yeah, it's been it's been an awesome year, and uh, look forward to the next one. Yeah, I, I think it, it it's always it's quite funny looking back at those events because when we talk about say the Trench event or uh, indeed Wallingford and even Chilton as well, I always think of the socials on the evenings of those events. They were they were like second to none. The Trench event was obviously different because of circumstance. But the the social level, and it, you know, one of my favourite sayings is, you know, living history is one of the, you know, being in a living history group is one of the best um, social clubs you can ever be in. And Chilton was great because we kind of let off that uh, build up of steam uh, that we'd been, um, you know, sort of kept building up over the COVID lockdowns, and it was our first social with everyone. So we definitely made the most of it, and I had a right good laugh at uh, at that event. And only the other day. I was looking back at some of the photos that were taken in the bar where we've all got, you know, empty beer boxes on our heads and all that. We had a right good laugh at that. It was a fun, fantastic social. Um, but Wallingford on the evenings was great as well, going into, into the town and having uh, a bite to eat and something something to drink as well. Uh, it, you know, it's a really fantastic experience. And next year is, is boding to be a top year. Really, really looking forward to that. We've got some, some brilliant events lined up and some great ideas kicking about. Uh, and Pete, as chairman of the uh, Oxen Books Living History Society, why don't you tell some of the guys what we've got planned? Yeah, so as I said before, we've got Wallingford. We're booked in for Wallingford because uh, they asked for us to come back because they were that impressed with our um, impression of what we were doing there. And they want us to do that all over again. Um, we've also got the Living History UK 
um, festival next year. So some of the lads will be going to that as well. And naturally, uh, now we're getting, well, supposed to be getting back to normal. Uh, we want to do Ashdown again. So we've had Ashdown on the back burner for over a year now. So we want to get an Ashdown done. That's either going to be World War One, World War Two. It depends what the lads are feeling for that one. Um, a potential event that's in the pipeline, because we've only just made contact with them regarding it, is uh, Blist Hill at the uh, Ironbridge Museum to do a First World War event there. But I'm not going to give too much away about that one. Yes, a lot of work is going on behind the scenes in regards to uh, 2022. I think it's very much a case, as much the same as this year and previous years. It's, it's more so an emphasis on quality over quantity. Um, and the Living History UK Festival is something we'll probably dedicate an episode uh, to nearer the time, but that is happening on uh, April 9th and 10th, uh, April 9th and 10th next year even. Uh, we've got some, well, we've got the best living history groups that are on the circuit. It's probably the easiest way of saying it, attending that festival. We'll go into a bit more detail on that in, in due course, but uh, that is going to be one of the one of the standout events for um, next season. But one thing I wanted to ask both of you, is um, what what's kind of interesting you at the moment in terms of living history? Because I think I speak for for all of us when I say you know our interests are always evolving uh, and changing as we move forward through time and move backwards through time for that matter as well. So, what kind of new impressions have you got in the pipeline, Jake? So, a lot of obviously, as both you know, I, I focus a lot on the, the post-war period. Um, at the moment, though, I'm looking a lot in sort of the immediate post-war period, so like the, during that 1950s, etc. So I'm trying to focus more on, say, Korea and um, and the very early um, fledgling of the British Army, the Rhine, really, um, because I, I'm very much focused on the later part of the of the British Army, the Rhine, and during the Cold War. So it's that sort of little part I want to get more focused on and more dedicated within to um, as with most of my sort of stuff really the regimental side of it in regards to focusing with one regiment one regiment so i can have uh, a whole length of its history throughout the 20th century really so that's sort of what i'm trying to focus on a bit more to uh for the future really for me at the moment i'm uh i'm quite happy where i am at the moment <laughs> with impressions and all that because i because i've uh, got i've got quite a lot on <laughs> with the uh, other stuff that i do so um I've just got my Italy kit sort of, well, not just, that was like a lockdown project, but the Italy kit has been sorted out. Um, so all I'm doing, I'm just improving bits really at the moment. Uh, there's nothing living history wise that I'm doing next. There is a, there is a project actually. There is a top secret project that's going on that we're going to try and um, uh, bring to you next year. But uh, we're not saying too much about that one at the moment are we Steve um, so uh, yeah that, I, I'm very boring for 2022 I'm not doing anything uh, different really apart from that one little project that we've got going so what about you what about yourself Steve well it's much the same as yourself really um, I haven't really got anything new on the go I think it's more a case of, of refining um, the current impressions because um you know, I'm in groups uh, covering well the Napoleonic period, First World War and Second World War, um, but then there's always impressions within those periods that I sort of, you know, sort of well want to specialise in really. And we have got the Top Secret project, which is top secret in more ways than one, um, which we're working on uh, for, for next year, which hopefully we'll be able to start putting in 
the public domain and shedding some light on. But a lot of work's going to happen behind the scenes for that. And indeed, it is happening at the moment. But yeah, it's just much the same as yourself. It's just a case of um, just refining, researching, and um, really any sort of um, you know sort of time that I get um, other than for research is, is going in, into either the podcast or also Living History UK, which is a real nice, well, two real nice avenues and outlets for um, you know my kind of output for for Living History in general. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's I think that's the reason why I've um, held myself back from looking into other impressions and that because um, obviously Living History UK has become that priority now. So, um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, the future is bright with Living History UK. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go into the break now. Really, really appreciate if you're listening. Um, join us back again in a little minute. If you're enjoying this podcast. I want access to exclusive content, early access to our monthly feature documentary and private podcasts, amongst many other benefits. Then consider joining our Patreon from as little as £1. By doing so, you'll get access to all these features, plus your support will help us to keep history alive. Hit the link in the description of this episode and navigate to our Patreon to sign up. Welcome back. To those of you that have been following us from the very beginning, uh, the podcast was started back in October by Steve and Jake. And not long after they started, I got invited to join the crew as, a, uh, as another presenter on the podcast. Um, so since, it to- since October, so Steve's going to be the best man to ask this because he's our um, statistician. I think I pronounced that right, statistician. Um, so Steve, what are the stats on the podcast then well i've had my abacus out i've uh, moved it around a bit and this is what we've kind of come up with so statistics for podcasts are notoriously difficult uh, to collate so the the only statistics we've got really are the number of actual physical downloads where people physically download the uh, episode to their device and we've had nearly 500 of those downloads now the sort of um formula for working out how many people listen uh, to your podcast is to times the number of uh, downloads and basically the number of people listening in layman's terms is we have nearly 5,000 people listening um, give or take uh, to the podcast in total which for something that's only started up since the end of October I think it's really really good because um, you know we, we just do this for fun don't we we love it we love living history and we love you know bringing history to life and bringing a community of people together who share the same interest and to have the knowledge that you know 5,000 people let's say are listening to the podcast and enjoying it is really really magnificent now we can delve into the statistics a little bit more um so if we look exclusively at Spotify we've um we've had um actually well we've actually got 100 people who uh, subscribe alone on uh, Spotify to uh, the podcast which is really really good and um you know the number of listens on there and downloads tie in with these sort of uh, statistics that we've got worked out. So, you know, in sort of conclusion, it's in a really, really healthy position for a new uh, podcast. Of course, myself, Jake, Pete, we're not, you know, famous celebrities or anything like that. So we don't have that kind of backing of people knowing who we are. So we just kind of launched out there into the big wide world and uh, the podcast there. And it seems to be that people are really, really enjoying it. So from social media, whether it be, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or 
even uh, TikTok, people are always commenting saying they're looking forward to the next episode. They love the uh, the formula that we, uh, you know, of our actual podcast episodes, whether it be us talking about a this specific uh, historical event or if we're interviewing, you know, say World War II veteran like we did with uh, Reg Charles or if, um, you know, we're just sort of uh, putting an audio book out there or, or, or similar. So, you know, it seems to be um, really striking a chord with a large number of people um, in the in the living history community. No, absolutely. It's both, I'll reiterate the point, uh, what Steve and uh, uh, Peter said. It's it's amazing how only in a few months we've come this far, really. Um, and the support and uh, help we've had, really, um, from the support of people just listening to uh, little bits of financial as well, in the way of people donating, which has been absolutely fantastic. And the support from people, for example, like Danny Reese, who um, has helped at the podcast with um, something... Well, joining the uh, the Patreon for Living History UK, which helps out the podcast as well as helping at Living History UK itself and having with, like, little gift list bits as well with um, little uh, like the chargers, et cetera, and things of that nature, really. It's really, really helped massively and um, with helping with filming, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, and it's, we couldn't be much more appreciative of all the help we get from people like Danny and um, other people just listening. It's um, it's crazy to think it's only been a single October and uh, we've come this far. And we even made it to the UK top 40 as well, which I was really gobsmacked when I found, when I found that out, that we actually made it to the UK top 40 podcasts. Yeah, we, uh, we actually charted for a number of days at number 36. We're a bit like the uh, Darius Dinesh version of the uh, podcast world in that respect. But nonetheless, it was, you know, no mean feat. And uh, I'll wear that as a badge of uh, pride. It's uh, fantastic. And I'm sure and I hope very much so that with people, you know, continuing to listen and subscribe to the podcast, we'll, uh, we'll end up even higher in the charts and uh, maybe rival some of the big players you, you never know. No, absolutely. Um, hopefully, eventually one day we'll be up there. And um, yeah, it's, it's onwards and upwards from here, really. Uh, this is only the first step of... Uh, of the long walk, I'd say. Oh, absolutely. And um, the only way that's ever going to get better is with us uh, producing more content. So I think that leads us quite nicely onto future episodes, I think. So, uh, Steve, what ideas have you got for uh, future episodes, mate? So casting an eye forward to 2022, one of the one of the main um, sort of passions of mine is to, is to go and meet veterans, um, mainly from the Second World War, um, you know, facing sort of hard facts we don't have forever to catch up with these guys and girls from that period who were, you know, played played a you know part and role in the Second World War. So I really want to get get uh, out and about and interview these people. Um, and we'll kind of put a plea out on the, on the podcast. If anyone knows any veterans from the Second World War who would be willing to be interviewed for a podcast, and then please get in touch because we are we are desperately trying to find as many people as possible uh, to interview. So that, that's one thing and the, the sort of uh, number one objective for next year that we want to accomplish. But one lead that I've got, and this is going to be uh, fresh to the ears of Jake Brown and Pete Neal, is uh, a chap called uh, Adam Simpson York. Now, he runs an initiative called Medals Going Home. And he's been uh, featured on, I think it's on the BBC a couple of times, Antiques Roadshow being one and on the one show. And uh, I've caught up with him on uh, on TikTok and sown the seed about him coming on a podcast and talking about his initiative. So in a nutshell, uh, medals going home is about military service medals going home. 
So you will go to many shops, antique dealers, and find medals with names on. They kind of seem a little bit sort of faceless in that sense. But you have to remember that these medals were awarded to people. And obviously, you know, most cases, should I say, that you know, as people have passed on and the medals have been sold by their families or family members who either don't want them or don't understand over the years. And uh, what Adam does is he, he finds medals, uh, researches the story behind them, uh, purchases them out of his own money and through donations, and um, finds the family uh, sort of, um, you know, who is still alive today, um, who, uh, you know, whose ancestors fought in, you know, the wars and have earned uh, medals, and he, he sends them home. So that is an episode I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, you know, catching up with Adam and talking about that initiative, because it is, it is exceptional. It really, really is. And um, hopefully we can play a little part in, uh, you know, get, getting his name out there a little bit and uh, sort of championing his, uh, his cause. That sounds really good, mate. That does. Um, yeah, so I always find like when it like when you see them come up on eBay or auctions or even like in regimental museums as well. I know what, when it comes to like regimental museums, it's they've they're usually been donated by the families. But then you sometimes think to yourself, well, why did they actually get there? You know, did the family come on hard times or something like that? You know, because I know there's I know one person who's got um, some medals in another collection, but what they were, they were um, his great uncles. They weren't. It was only purely by fluke. It's, it's one of those things like with the, with our small community is, um, so his great uncle was killed in the first world war and that side of the family ended up selling the medals, hard times, 1920s, depression, all the rest of it. They, the, the medals ended up getting sold. It was only by pure fluke that someone else from our little, from the living history scene, he goes, uh, I've got his medals. And then it, it's got the whole lot. It's got the death coin, um, the medals, photograph of him. Um, but that was all from the other person because he had the photograph. Um, so he's managed to put it all together. And, uh, but the good thing about it is he, he would have that medal back with a snap, you know, a snap, uh, a click of a finger. He'd have those, he, he would buy those medals, but the person who's got them doesn't want to sell them. But the nice thing about it is that he has said to, he goes, the day that I do sell these medals, you'll be the first person I'm going to contact. So hopefully one day they will make their way back to the family. Yeah, it's always it's always a nice story. Even if you're not interested in history, it's always quite uh, quite poignant to have, you know, a story like that. It kind of warms the heart a little bit when, uh, you know, medals end up where they actually should rightfully be. But from a historian's you know, perspective, it's uh, it's massively important for people to understand the sacrifices of, you know, not just not just people, but you know the their ancestors. You know, people who put them in the place they are now. Um, you know, it, it always breaks my heart when you know medals and you know very spe uh, specialist pieces of memorabilia are just sold uh, for a small uh, small term gain. It's um, you know it might be a gain financially, but it's definitely a loss in terms of uh, you know sort of memories and and, and in terms of ethics as well. Uh, but that'll be that'll be a cracking episode to have. Uh, on the podcast and definitely want to support his initiative, but we've made contact with him and hopefully in the new year, we'll have uh, Adam on to talk about what he gets up to, but uh, I'm keen to hear what, uh, what Jake's got up his sleeve for uh, next year, because we kind of, we haven't spilled the beans to each other about what uh, each of us have been planning, because for those who um, aren't aware, uh, we kind of, we, we work as a team, of course, but we each come up with our, our own ideas, bring them to the table. And then we kind of uh, motor forward with them. So, Jake, uh, in the immortal words of Pat Benatar, hit me with your best shot. 
and far away. Um, yeah, definitely, mate. And um, I totally agree with uh, what you and Pete just said about um, getting that gentleman on. That'd be absolutely amazing because that that is a, definitely a uh, a righteous thing, I would say. That he does. That's that's definitely brilliant. Um, in terms of uh, what I'm setting up for the new year, obviously soon to be released would be the episode that I did with my father and interviewed him about his service. That's coming up. Um, also in the pipe work as well, hopefully we'll have um, an interview with uh, Bernard, uh, Bernard, Bernard of um, Military History Visualized, if you're um, familiar with his YouTube channel. Um, he's been around for a few years now. Um, very nice guy, Austrian, uh, and he delves deep into sort of the, uh, the equipment and the tactics of the uh, Second World War and um, post and previous to that as well. So very much looking forward to getting him on. He's um, up for doing an episode in the new year. Also, as well as uh, the um, guys from Fighting on Film. Um, so I've been in contact with them and they're very much up for doing a podcast uh, to talk about their, their, um, pod- their podcast, Fighting on Film. Um, and also about what's in the, in the pipeline for the future for them as well. And I think possibly we might be going on there, hopefully might be invited on them, their podcast as well in the future to talk about maybe a movie we like. Um, it's definitely worth a podcast worth listening to if you get a chance to. Um, but also in the way, in way of like just stand episodes, not just interviews, uh, episodes on like, say, the Battle of Mons, etc. I would like to delve into more deeply as well. And our long, oh, hopefully our long-awaited episode on uh, Market Garden as well, which is uh, going to be a, a feat in itself um, for when we get around to doing that. Yes, the Market Garden episodes, well, episodes, uh, definitely plural, not singular. Um, that's going to take um, a lot of hashing out and planning, but uh, there's a lot to sink our teeth into uh, on that subject. Uh, it has been covered to death on other podcasts, but we'll give it a bit of a unique twist and angle uh, coming at it from our living historian's perspective, I feel. So that'll be really good. But yeah, one of the ideas we've had for for next year, of course, we spoke about is um, reviewing um, you know, films like historical films. So we'll we'll take you know ones that are old as well as ones that are new. We'll uh, watch them, you know, one week, and then we'll kind of give our opinion on them and what we think was good, what we think was you know bad in some cases, and um, that'll be really interesting. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally agree. It would be very much interesting to get into that sort of realm of things. For example, as I mentioned with the guys from Fighting on Film, they did a review of um, a film called It Happened Here, which was done in the uh, um, early nineteen sixties. Um, definitely worth a watch it's on YouTube it's basically like if uh, um, German occupation of Britain so it kind of goes into what we were talking about on a couple of podcasts ago in regards to sea lion so very very interesting in that sort of aspect so but um, yeah it'll be very much interesting to look into sort of films and uh, uh, not well not just like films made for the public but also um, training films as well probably interesting to look at as well from uh, during the war and post-war as well. Uh, definitely worth looking into. Yeah, next year is going to be really, really good. Uh, Jake's told us about his uh, what he's got planned up his sleeve. Uh, but arguably, we're saving the best till last. So, Monsieur Peter Neal, tell us what you've got up your sleeve. Yeah, so um, from back in my... Uh, well, I say back in, in my early Vietnam days, uh, when I was with the UK Air Cav, um, we had a lot of support from the lads, from the original lads from Charlie 27 that served over there from 68, 69. 
and uh, and I keep in touch with a couple of them still. So every few months, I'll ping them a message and all the rest of it. And there's one that he he's always helped me in my research uh, since day one. Um, called John uh, John Garoy or John no John Gillery, sorry John Gillery. Um, and he's uh, I, I was speaking to him the other day. Um, I said I like to get like a different like you know where we we we're going down this veteran route of interviewing veterans. I thought, oh, what if we get get, get a uh, Vietnam veteran? And I started chatting to him, and uh, and he's agreed to. So hopefully in January we're going to record his podcast about his years tour in Vietnam. And what makes it quite unique as well, he's not he obviously he was an infantryman, but he was also a platoon commander as well. So there be so I think there'll be some quite interesting. Um, experiences come from that you know he's, he's not uh your normal sort of infantier with his boots on the ground doing doing what he's been told to do this is a bloke who's got 30 other blokes under his command and he's got to try and get him home and he's got his company commander telling him what to do he's also got 30 blokes uh relying on him, relying on him uh for him to make them you know get them home safe so that's going to be really interesting um podcast when we get that filmed in january uh, also, I've been speaking to my mate Mel, um, who I also work with on the uh, Lord Mayor's, because um, he's my co-organiser for Lord Mayor's, but he's also arcs back from the Vietnam days, because he was in UK Air Cub as well. Um, he's, he's had a massive break from it. He, he left Living History years ago, but we, we chat very regularly, because uh, we actually became very good friends during our time in the UK Air Cub. Um, but himself and with a group of uh, veterans, they're actually uh, restoring a PBR. So um, we're going to get him on in January and he's going to talk all about that project as well, but how they've, uh, how the idea came about and, uh, and the building work they've been doing. Cause it's not, it's not finished yet by any stretch of imagination, but um, I'll get regular updates and it is looking really good. And then to finish off as well, um, Living History UK Festival. I've got to put a bit of advertising in for us, haven't I, Steve? <laughs> so while we're at the Living History UK Festival, we are going to do a podcast while we're actually on site. So if we manage to get five minutes to ourselves after running around like headless chickens all day, uh, making sure the show runs smoothly, we're going to sit down and uh, do a podcast from the, uh, from the site itself. And that's going to be really, really good. We are definitely going to have our work cut out at the festival, but it's going to be an absolutely stonking weekend. And uh, being able to record a podcast with all three of us in person together will be um, an opportunity we definitely, definitely can't miss. And there's going to be much more information coming your way, not just on the podcast, but on um, also over on Patreon as well. Um, for those who subscribe over on there and support us, uh, you'll get to be the first to hear about what's going to be uh, happening at the festival and the, the first to hear about, you know, ticket sales and that sort of stuff and who's going to be there and so forth uh, if you subscribe to our Patreon. So I think that's probably the best uh, point, arguably, to wrap up the um, the last podcast of uh, 2021, which is actually rather strange to say. But, uh, of course, on behalf of myself, Jake, and, of course, Pete, um, you know, extend our heartfelt thanks to all our listeners uh, who've, who've listened to our podcast and enjoyed them, of course. You know, really couldn't be where we are without you all. Um, it's been a fantastic year. 2022 is burning to be even better. Um, so I'd implore you to go and explore some of the link links in the description of the podcast. Um, sign up and become a Patreon member. You'll get extra podcasts there as well. And you can sign up from as little as £1 uh, a month, which is an absolute bargain. 
and you'll get plenty more exclusive content. Of course, you've got uh, the Living History UK TikTok channel, Jake Brown's YouTube, um, and Pete and I will be bringing you videos of British military history of the past uh, three, four hundred years even over on uh, our Living History uh, Patreon and YouTube. So until 2022, thanks ever so much for listening and take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.